The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast, of course, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's number one rated sportsbook app. They still have this deal, by the way. If you put a dollar on an American and any American wins a medal, you get $100. I, I mean, I don't know how many contests there are left, but there's going to be more Americans getting medals. So go ahead and do that. You can always check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Can't tell you how much we appreciate when you rate and review the show. Cannot wait to talk with Steve a little bit later in the show about the Carson Wentz stuff. I had an initial reaction. I think Steve did as well. I don't know why they didn't move the line right away. We'll talk about what to do next or maybe now in a little bit. We also need to get into some of Steve's preseason NFL betting tips. Next week, we'll be all over week one of the preseason. We actually have a game Thursday night, Steelers, Cowboys, Mason Rudolph named the starter by the Steelers. I don't know how many, probably play a series or two, but at least you know he's going to be in there for them. No chance Dak Prescott plays for the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll get to what that means for Steve because I have heard his preseason tips before. Remember, we are less than 30 minutes every week during the NFL season. We believe that we are the best NFL betting podcast out there, primarily because we have the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the great Steve Fezzik at Fezzik Sports and only at Fezzik Sports on social media. Steve, how are you? I am good, Ross. Tackle football. We're two days away. We made it. We did, didn't we? And gosh, it sounds like COVID and this Delta variant, they're trying to prevent us from our joy but hopefully we'll get all the games in this season. They did it last year. They'll be able to do it this year. Hopefully it won't be that big of a deal. Very excited, by the way, about today's show. We don't do this very often, Steve. But every once in a while, we have a guest who is a listener that has shown enough acumen and or has an interesting enough idea that we want to bring them on the show 
to talk about that idea so that you, Steve, can totally blow it up and say it's the worst thing you've ever heard of and there's no math behind it whatsoever. Uh, we're joined by, and the, by the way, those of you listen to the Raw Sucker Football Podcast, you've heard the business quite a bit. It's Chris Aronchik from SteakhouseSports.com. Chris, it's Ross and Steve. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me, uh, Ross. I wanted to say uh, you have been always been super generous with your time, and 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 even though you're now a media mogul, I do really appreciate. Can't say enough about how uh, generous it is that you are sharing uh, the opportunity to to talk with you guys. Uh, it's a real treat. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity for me. So thank you very much. It's not that great, dude. I mean, it's just me and Steve in our houses talking to you for like 15 minutes. Don't make yeah, it more than it is. Okay, don't make it in your lifetime. I, what have you been doing your whole life? Well, that, that's a whole separate problem. But, you know, nevertheless, like I've been listening to you guys for what, four or five years at least. And uh, so to be on the show with you, you know, I mean, it's meeting your meeting your uh, your your heroes. So it's really exciting. Oh, dude, that is awesome. Really appreciate you saying that and 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 and, and voicing it. I, you know, I see these people that like, I see them on the beach or something, and then they'll text me, they'll tweet me later. Were you on the beach? Yeah, I was. You should have said hi. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, yeah. And you know, I get it because there are people that are very private and like don't want you to come up to them. I'm not like that. Like, I, I, I think you only live once. Like, I love meeting new people. Hey, how are you? Thank you for listening. So, what you said there, Chris, means a lot. By the way, just making sure, Iran Chick or Iran Check? It's actually Iran Check, believe it or not. Uh, and even though it's spelled the other way, uh, and and or sorry, believe it or not, there's actually somebody in Philadelphia. Our family is from Philadelphia, as a matter of fact, uh, and that's and so our they emigrated over and they uh, from Ukraine. So it's Iran Check was the original spelling or set pronunciation, and then when they uh, emigrated, it became Iran Check, uh, so- spelling wise. Yeah, so that's how I I, I kind of knew that, which is why I clarified. I kind of knew a lot yeah. of people that are ICK yeah. are actually X. So look yeah, at you're Steve, on did it. You know you're that? On it. You didn't even know that, did you, Steve? But I do know where the Ukraine is, and the reason is Ross. Like everyone in my generation, I played Risk, so I know where <laughs> Mongolia is. Yes. I know where the Ukraine is. I know where the Congo is. But if it's not on that Risk map, I have no idea where it is. Don't forget okay. Madagascar. Madagascar is where it's at. I think. Nice, nice. <laughs> All right, so here's what's crazy because we will get into Steve's preseason betting tips, and we got we have a lot to discuss on the Colts uh, a little bit later. However, this is really cool because those of you that listen to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast at the end of the show, I have I think we're done here shout outs, right? So those are people that are patrons. You can all be patrons and interact with me every day. Patreon.com/slash RT Media. But if you pay 100 bucks a month, you get a shout-out at the end of every Ross Tucker football podcast, which, by the way, that's like tens of thousands of people that hear about your business, right? So what's cool, and I didn't know this, Steve, Chris has been listening all the way back, you know, since back in the day, right? The four-letter network days. I try not to give them any more pub than they already <laughs> get. But the four-letter network days, Chris has been listening and back then, and I still do it now, Steve, on Fridays on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, I don't just pick the, the winner of the game. I pick a final score. You know, like I try to – and obviously I'm not trying to be exactly right, but just trying to give you a sense of what I think the final score should be. Well, Chris, I don't know, Chris, you can explain it, but you sure. liked that enough or you thought that that was cool enough 
that you basically started a whole game around it, a whole app and a whole contest around that? Yeah, and I'll try to give the – I could go on for hours, but I'll try to give the summary. So, yeah, I was listening to your podcast, and I love the fact that you predicted the game scores because there weren't very many people that were doing that. And right after I heard your podcast, I heard a, a different one, not a competitor. It was an entirely different podcast, but they were talking about the wisdom of the crowd. And Steve has referenced this a few times. And they were talking about the one of the most famous stories is this ox at Plymouth in England, this county fair. They had about 800 people predict the, I uh, guess, the weight of the cow. Or, excuse me, the ox. And the ox, the final uh, result was like 1,207 pounds. And the actual uh, weight was 1198. So it kind of was this sort of validating moment for this theory. And I thought, is it possible for the crowd to predict better the the final score of the game? So we, were, as I was kind of thinking through this, I thought, you know, that's more like a kind of getting the, the score right is kind of hitting the lottery, right? I mean, it's just that no matter how smart somebody is, I bet if you ask Steve, uh, you know, a thousand times to guess the final score, you might get one right. Or you just he'll just be smart and guess 27-24 or 27-20 every single time because there's no real skill to it. It's just picking, you know, some some numbers. And But that evolved into this idea that so, – so right there, by the way, when you make a final score prediction, though, what's interesting to me is that you're actually making – seven predictions at once. You're predicting the winner, you're predicting who's going to cover the spread, and you're predicting the over-under, but you're also predicting these exact numbers. And so that's how we developed this game where you are scored, uh, you get two points for winner spread and over-under, and then you can get bonuses for getting any number exactly right. And so that makes it a lot more fun. And what I love is that I've been in the Pick'em games on ESPN, sorry, the Four Letter Network for the last 20 years. And in fact, I was in Pod Vader's uh, our year old uh, Sherpa, Jay Soderberg, I was in his pick'em group, uh, you know, way back when. And you have so many bad beats. Every It seemed like every week there was a bad beat. Or you'd wake up, you know, at 1030 Pacific time and realize that like three of your picks are already in the toilet. But if you're making three predictions plus these bonuses, you can still have a really good prediction. And even though you get the spread totally wrong. So uh, so we think it's a more fun game and we think it's a more interesting game. But that kind of led to this idea of like, applying the crowd wisdom to, to the, uh, to these other lines. So I can keep going into that if you like. Yeah. So, okay. So the basic thing, so there's two things. One is it's like a, um, it's like a contest that people can participate in. Yeah. But two, your, your hypothesis here is essentially that if a million people predicted the score of, let's just say Thursday night Steelers Cowboys game. Yep. That obviously the scores would be all over the place, but the average of that would have a really good chance of being close to what it ends up being a lot of times. Not not exactly. So uh, and this is this is important I think just to make sure that it's clear like we're not trying to get the final score right, but what we are what you're really measuring is uh what like I think the closer question is going to be about uh whether there's value in uh, in the betting lines. And that's kind of what we're trying to figure out. So um, so basically, the, the final score might not be anywhere close to what the final result is. But that is to say, our final score prediction might not be anywhere close to the final result. But you'll, you're, we're trying to measure whether or not the crowd prediction can find value um, with these betting lines, because that's really where... So whether, or not, whether or not the average of the crowd predictions is actually better than what the spread was when the yes, game kicked. Exactly right. So essentially to you know Steve mentions his power ratings 
And he has this analytical mind that can apply this. And we're trying to get a little approximate that we're never going to be as good, but we're trying to get to that point where, uh, you know, we can see if we can identify when one team is, is the spread as determined by the sports book uh, is large is going to be a much stronger play than, than another team uh, and that kind of thing. So that's, that's where we're heading. That's what we're trying to test out anyway. That is interesting. Steve, what do you think? I don't think it's going to work. And here's why. (laughs) (laughs) The whole idea of the wisdom of crowds is I think you've got to go ahead and uh, siphon off the sharps. You've got to have the wisdom of the sharps and what they think the final score is. And I think it's excellent. But if you once you put the general population in, you're just going to have such a, a bias sample example. If you ask the entire population of the U.S., I don't know how many pounds of almonds is produced in California. All right, and you use the wis- wisdom of crowds. There's going to be people saying fifty thousand pounds, and people saying you know a million pounds. Now I don't know the answer to this question, but I know it's a huge amount of almonds, more mm. than anyone is ever going to guess on your wisdom of crowds unless they're a Jeopardy finalist. So, you know, just throwing that out, I would, I always say, people say to me, when everyone likes one side, aren't you nervous about, you know, playing that side? And I'm like, not when my guys all like the same thing, when Mm -hmm. the public all likes the same thing in any, in many ways, I would argue they talk about reverse line movements. You want to kind of look opposite that because if the public thinks a line should be 10, their wisdom of crowds and the line six and a half it probably with good reason that the line's only six and a half because the vast majority of people who are betting want to lay it thinking that the spread is way too low. So, so Chris, just to, just, just to jump in here though. Okay. Yeah. Sure, go ahead. So there's two different, there's two different things, right? Like number one is sort of the hypothesis you're testing to see whether or not it has any value. Mm-hmm. Steve does not think it does have value. Yep. And, and maybe by the way, Maybe there's uh, value in that. Maybe knowing that it doesn't have value, maybe it's a fade the crowd concept, right? Maybe it's the opposite. That's number one. Secondly, though, you are um, there's a game to this. Like like that, you're using the information to try to figure out whether or not the wisdom of crowd concept has any value one way or the other. Steve seems to think it might have negative value, mm-hmm. but for the people listening right now. It's really just a game they can play where they get to predict the score of games and have fun and win whatever. What do they win? Just points and they can have the highest score? Well, actually, we're doing a couple of contests this year. So, yeah, you get their weekly cash prizes, both for uh, the individual leaders as well as like a group leaderboard that we're trying to test out. Right. And so ultimately, you're curious to see what the data tells you about the wisdom of the crowd concept. Right. But ultimately, what you really want is as many people as possible to play the game so that uh, is there there's like a fee to sign up or something? No, no, it's, it's totally free. It's totally. This is just a, it's a hobby uh, that I'm interested in, in trying to pursue a little bit more. See if there's something there. But it's no, no, free, no fee. It's totally free. Oh, wow. But there's but they can win cash prizes. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I've 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 saved. What are up you a little rich, bit. Chris? I know I'm handing out hey, money for people they, that are signing up for free. <laughs> no, I mean the cash prizes are not substantial, but we'd like to think that you know it's twenty five bucks a week, which is for two minutes of work is a pretty good return on investment, I'd say. 
By the way, Steve, I just off the top of my head, I think about 1.59 billion pounds of almonds are harvested <laughs> per year in California. I think. I'm not sure. So, so think about that, 1.59 billion. How many people would you have to ask before one person went over that number? I'm going to say it's unless you're you're in an agricultural um, uh, seminar or a nut seminar, you're going to have a lot of trouble finding anyone. Okay. So do you mind if I, do you mind if I just say one, one quick thing, if that's all right? So uh, sure. about that. So, uh, so uh, Steve, I believe is totally right. And in fact, one of the areas that I feel like the, the crowd wisdom that currently is available when it comes to betting is you just know, you know where the tickets are and you can, and you can know where the money is, but there's no quantifiable number there. So whereas for example, Steve's, Power ratings, those are 100% quantifiable, right? You say the Raiders are seven points worse or 12 points or 50 points worse this year than the Chiefs or whatever it is. And you, if the spread is off of that, that's that's a quantifiable number. But we don't have any information about the public money, like what, you know, we don't know anybody uh, about anything about the people that are betting. And we also, it's a binary, right? Which side are you betting on? So the point is that, there's not as much information there. So, but Steve, I get your point. And believe me, I love hearing when people challenge the idea because it makes me, do I have to go back to the drawing board? But anyway, that's the first thing. But the other uh, component is that um, what we hope to do is that if we get enough users, we will be able to start to segment out our groups and say, okay, here are the people that are best at predicting uh, against the spread. And here's what this segment of users say. And that's where we're really trying to get to. That would be, you know, if we had a thousand users or something like that. Unfortunately, it's just been friends and family. So we're like 25, 50 people. But if we can get to, you know, this, this larger number, then you will be able to say, okay, the expert spread predictors predict this. And then you get a little bit closer to understanding like who the sharps are. And also you could have people that are very good at picking the spread and not good at picking the, the total. That's what we've seen in the past and then and vice versa. So uh, so you have we do feel like there's opportunities to identify those two segments and start to put together. Maybe we would we would break out not the crowd wisdom in general, but like here's our top 10 percentile uh, for each of these. And here's what the here's what their predictions look like. So I agree with with uh, Steve for sure. And when you see those, I was going to ask about reverse line movements, Steve, uh, when you see a reverse line movement, do you think that's a bit of a tell that you see money pouring in on one side, but the line moving the other direction that the sportsbook are saying, this is where the sharp money's going? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it has to be. And it makes sense. If we operate our own sportsbook, what do we care that all these losers are betting and laying 10 on a game when we've got our guy rated A, he beats us every year, and he's taken 10? Yeah. Clearly, so that's the right side. So, but I was curious because my my uh, uh, perception is that the lines are 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 set to encourage action on both sides. So, doesn't that put the sports book at risk if they're if they're moving it in the other direction? Sure, and then it's all about the the smart sports book says, you know what, we have a risk tolerance. We're going to take a thirty thousand dollar position on this game. We're going to we're going to move the line enough that that's what we're going to win or lose. And obviously we benefit from the big, the dumb sports book says, I just want to get balanced. I want to make my Theo 4.5%. That's like caveman book. Oh, okay. Okay. And as a casino owner and any casino owner is listening to me, that's what every <laughs> sports book in Las Vegas does, except for the Circa and the Westgate. So other than those two books, 
uh, you should have a meeting with your sportsbook manager and say, look it, hey, I'm paying you six figures. I want you to, you know, show me your expertise and your acumen. And if you can't, why do you pay them anything if they're just going to balance the books? Why why, why why would you pay them anything if they're just going to balance the number? That doesn't make any sense. Well, that's why they have bingo. They have Kino managers managing the sports books because that's all they do. And it just, and just an auto move computer could do that. So uh, Chris, last thing, you're a big Raiders fan. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And so as a better you said you're emotionally invested in pretty much every game, so your only betting strategy is emotionally hedging at live or at ha- at or at halftime. Explain yeah. that. Yeah, sure. So, uh, so for example, when the when the Raiders were beating the Chiefs last year in week uh, what was it week six something like that, I was betting heavy on the Chiefs. I think they were. I can't remember what the the spread was, but I'm, I think they were uh, probably either like a. Um, small underdog or maybe even a small favorite but I was betting on them because I was like if the Raiders blow this game I'm going to be devastated I at least want to make a little bit of money so I ended up losing (laughs) money but I said you know what 50 bucks to watch the Raiders that was a highlight of the season I still feel you know satisfied that I paid 50 bucks for that but the thing is that like when I I I, that's why I try to not I tend not to bet because I just feel like I'm so emotionally uh, uh invested in just so many games one way or the other that I just um uh, that I I would I know that my thinking is clouded, and that's why I like the idea of like just leveraging the wisdom of the crowd because the wisdom of the crowd like levels out all those uh, loud signals and and the big you know the sort of more consistent messages get through more often. So that's our theory anyway. Very interesting, Chris. I will say this: I always pick who I think is going to win the game, obviously. Mm-hmm. But if I think uh-huh. it's a true toss-up. If I think it's truly 50-50 and I can't decide, I will do sort of the emotional hedge and I'll <laughs> pick the team I don't want to win. Right, because right. Because that way I'm either right or I'm happy. Yeah. Chris, you're the man. Um, SteakhouseSports.com. S-T-A-K-E, yep. like you have a stake in something. Yep. SteakhouseSports.com. Chris, love people like you, number one, that listen. Number two, that think I'm cool. And number three, <laughs> that start something on your own like this. Best of luck. Thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. Thanks, you guys. It was a real pleasure. Thank you, Chris. There he is. Chris check right there, even though it's I-C-K. You know, uh, Steve, it's not easy to start something. I, I, I love entrepreneurs. I love guys that have theories and try to test them. And I think it's interesting. I I think that they will be able to derive some data from that. If they get enough people to do it, I just don't know what that data will be. Yeah, and the challenge always is that in any one year, the person that wins is not – it really isn't predictive. It's like the World Series of Poker. Imagine if they only played for three hours. That essentially would be one NFL season. And so the chip leader after three hours is usually just a recreational player. You need a whole lot of data to finally determine who indeed – is really good at the sports betting thing. All right, Steve, let's get into the Colts here. And before we do, I should mention, speaking of listeners and participating, we have two different things going on right now. If you want to get in the DraftKings best ball draft in August against me and Joe Dolan, just take advantage of any of our sponsors, any of them on the sponsor page at rostucker.com. And email me, ross at rosstucker.com, and say, Ross, I want to take you down to Chinatown on the DraftKings best ball draft. Let me in. And then we also have a season-long league. 
And there's only one way to get into the season-long redraft league. Go to fantracks.com slash Ross, because that's who we're going to use for the season-long league. You know why? Because it's fully customizable. I can get rid of defenses. I can get rid of uh, kickers. I can make the league exactly how I want. So if you want the season-long league for every single week, fantracks.com slash Ross, that's how you get into it. Okay. Let's get to the Carson Wentz thing, Steve. I wrote about it this week in my column for DK Nation. You and I are sharing a brain here. I mean, my first thought when the information came out about Wentz's foot, whether he was going to try to rehab it or not, as soon as I heard that he was even debating surgery or trying to rest and rehab, all I could think about, Steve, was under, under nine and a half, under, under, under. Right? Exactly. And literally, it's Friday. It's 11.30 a.m. when I get the news. And I'm in a panic. I'm, I'm like, oh, my God. We got a quarterback that's fragile. He's missed three to four games on average over his career. He's already hurt. Brand new club. Integration with the club. No backup quarterback. Jacob Eason. This number has to move. It has to move significantly. The Colts were lined at 9.7. And I'm like, Ah, it doesn't surprise me. It's off the board in most places. And then I see a few places still have nine and a half, and I'm like, oh, that's not going to last. But I'll try to grab a little piece of it. No, nope. I, I bet it. I bet it again. I bet it again. I bet it again. And then I bet it again. And it stayed nine and a half. I went into my national show, and I gave it out. I said, this is the dumbest line I've ever seen. I don't know why it's still being hung at nine and a half. You've got to play under. Because if, if Easton had to go, you're looking at maybe seven, seven and a half wins being the right total. And best case scenario, if Wentz came back, played week one, and he was at 90%, and he was already banged up, maybe the number should be under nine. I'd say it probably should be nine at that point. That's best case scenario. And yet I'm, I'm listening to the media, and I'm like, why isn't this number crashing? I listen to all the other media, and they, I get this whole, don't overreact. Remember, we had the situation with the, the Jeopardy host guy, and he and, and he was supposed to retire, and he came back, and they're totally missing the mark. Quarterback is king in the NFL. It's a four-and-a-half-point downgrade to go to Jacob Eason. And even if you have to st- stick with Wentz, even if you can't stick with Wentz, he's injured. Under nine-and-a-half was a great bet, Ross. Yeah, by the way, e- even, if he pl- even if he didn't miss any games and he played – you're talking about a guy that was the worst quarterback in the NFL last year, who's on a new team, who at best would miss, you know, the entire preseason, who, by the way, is like at his best when he's mobile on the move. He's not a great, like, he's not like Phillip Rivers or Brady, like just in the pocket, get the ball out quickly. That's not what he does well. I mean, I think that they actually have a better chance now that he had the surgery. Like, you know, Whoever it is, uh, Eason, I doubt. My guess is I still think they'll get somebody else who will play the first three games or whatever till Wentz comes back. And if Wentz is then fully healthy and ready to be himself then, that's a better chance in my mind for them to go over nine and a half than if Wentz tried to play the whole year or even if Wentz tried to rest and rehab it. Because, Steve, let's say he tried the next three weeks to let it heal on its own, and then he's like, oh, it didn't work. That's three more games he misses then. Yes, but either way, they're going to go under. And anyone that thinks otherwise, I still remember when the Packers, when the Rodgers would go down, they're like, look at that squad. They're still going to be able to find a way to win. 
And then Hunley would lose game after game after game after game. Oh, Hunley just got signed. Um, same theme. The uh, if if you're a, I don't care you got like the best squad in the NFL. If you have the worst quarterback or one of the worst quarterbacks, you win five games. How many times do we have to see that? Saw that with Watson last year in Houston. All right. So we got a game Thursday night, Steve. It's the Hall of Fame game. Question is, and maybe we'll do next week, we'll go harder core in all your preseason betting tips because it'll be week one. Everybody will have a game next week. But right now, it's only Steelers-Cowboys, and it is Hall of Fame game. What what do we need to know? What 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 are your tips for betting this game? Yeah, one clarification. I used the Watson example. That's a terrible example. Ignore what I said. Doesn't apply. Let's go to the Hall of Fame game here. What we need to know is that this is the exhibition game. All the other games are preseason games, but this one is exhibition. You've got it, – it starts a week earlier than all the other games, and the recent history has been under, under, under. Last five Hall of Fame games that were actually played, had two of them canceled, we uh, saw an average total doubt just a little bit above 34. Average number of points scored, 28, Ross. So a full touchdown below what the odds makers set the number at. This is a snoozer. This is a game you don't want to get anybody injured. And frankly, if you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers under their coach, he has gone under a little over 60% of all his preseason games over his career. So you've got two nice um, trends there. Uh, of the past that support the under. It's currently sitting at 33. I could only support under 33 as the way to bet the Hall of Fame game. Love it. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense on so many levels. Even if Rudolph starts, he's not playing very long. It, it'll be the other guys that'll play more of the game. Makes perfect sense. All right, next week, it's Steve's preseason betting tutorial. Obviously, there will be other NFL news we will dive into as well. Cannot wait. It's here. I mean, like, we have an NFL game to bet on this week, and Steve just gave you unbelievably valuable information. Under, 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 last five. Full touchdown below what the numbers that That seems like a, a lot of value. We are going to be all over it all season for you guys. Please rate and review the show. We love those of you that do that. If you ever have a question, just take advantage of a sponsor and send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 